Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 368, Tactics and Stories, with Larry Prophet. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is striking out. And I'm your co-host. And the guy who was bamboozled last week. The bamboozled. The old bamboozler. <laughs> the bamboozlosis. You are a snake, sir. What? You are a snake. What are you talking about? Here Dude, I am. the entire episode for you so you can have a week off for paternity leave uh-huh. to spend that week with the beautiful Josie Weddington and Audrey Weddington. Yeah. Who's you... also beautiful, by the way. So. Yes, I agree. Uh, what are you talking about? A snake. I mean, that was out of the goodness of my heart, out of my love for you and your family. I did that. I don't. I mean, I don't and even know what the snake? legal the legal term is here for this. I don't, defamation, I believe, would be the most you know accurate term. 
So I have no clue the, what you're talking about. For those of you who listened to last week's show, I do not agree with all of these things. Andy edited my voice in saying yes, and you know, I, I think reaping should happen in every state: Mexico, New Zealand, and Canada. That that just—I mean—you took it way far there, man. No way I'm allowing reaping in New Zealand. Come on, I mean, <laughs> it's it is there. It is you are recorded. It's it's out there that will fly in a court of law all day. There will come a day because there's been a day where I've taken it myself for you and it will come back <laughs> to haunt you, my friend. There will be a day and I have plenty of time uh, to think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So just that letting you know. But As a matter of fact, it might be not next week, but the week after. <laughs> or you, you got a hunting trip coming up? I am, which is why I'm striking out. All right. Yeah, you're uh, going. Uh, you're going after some different feathered fowl, from what I understood. I am. So I've been tricked. It was really hard to trick me to do it. I've been tricked into doing some upland and waterfowl hunting, upland bird and waterfowl hunting, the week after Thanksgiving, and doing a little deer hunting in the afternoon as well. So me, Man. Chip. John are headed to Kansas to man. That's going to be awesome. Honey. Yeah, it's going to be a good hey, trip. I mean, Looking forward. So y'all to are going to have lead shells, steel shells, rifle bullets. I mean, you're taking the kitchen sink, and y'all are just going. I mean, this this sounds like it's just going to be a meat hunt, man. Well, there will be some meat on the ground, but all right, the lead shells and rifle shells are a go. But not to, you're not positive on the ducks yet, or, or you just can't find the steel? Or you, you like shooting lead at ducks? Can't find steel shot. You can't. That's a fact. Cannot find. Well, let me backtrack. I think I'm about to buy some steel shot, some powder. I've got some <laughs> primers, some hulls, some wads, and I think I'm about Hand to load, load me some some steel shells because I can't find them anywhere. Yeah, it, it is crazy. The duck loads are, I mean, you, I, I almost wonder if this year I'm going to be forced into paying up to shoot tungsten at ducks so that I can have shells to shoot. Like, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. There, I've there's looked nothing at it. else. I've looked at it. I looked at bismuth. I've, I've looked at tungsten. I mean, I can't find any of that. Everybody's yeah. out of that. Yeah. I My brother used the bismuth, and I'm sure somebody out there destroys ducks with the bismuth, but... We, we did not have a good experience with bismuth, to be honest. Really? With ducks. Yeah, it, he would shoot. I mean, I, I saw it myself and just absolutely powder them and feathers flying everywhere and they'd fly off like nothing even hit them. Huh. And we actually took that bismuth and shot a piece of metal with it mm-hmm. and it did not pass through. And then we shot it with regular steel shot and it passed through. Oh, but dang. So, well, thanks for was, talking we, me out of that. Well, I'm just... I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but I I will say there's that bismuth stuff. I don't know. I don't know if the claims of it being, you know, cheaper than tungsten, but just as good as lead is is accurate. It's Mm. no tungsten in my experience. Well, I'm no duck hunter. I'm no waterfowl hunter. And going on this trip, I don't expect to come back being a waterfowl hunter. But I know it. I know there's no chance of it happening if I go there with no shells to shoot waterfowl with. Yeah, you got to find some shells. So we'll hunt you up some. I'll I'll start looking around. There are no shells there 
the outfitters are not able to get shells. So it's it's a tough go. I thought that I'd found six boxes of number twos. I had them in my cart to buy them online. I was checking out. Oh, wait a minute. We've got to update your cart. You know how many boxes they had left before I could click order? They stole six boxes. Somebody beat me out of six boxes online. <laughs> I mean, that's like getting in a fight at Walmart over a pair of underwear, you, you know, on Black Friday. I mean, that's it's just... a dog-eat-dog world up there, man. It is. It is. So... Can't be messing around. I, I do believe I'm about to order the supplies, see if I can get it here in three or four days and load up some shells. The only issue with that is now I've got 184 pounds of shells to pack in a bag and pay the overweight charge yeah. on an airline to fly out of state to go shoot those shells. So, yeah. Well, I hope, I hope y'all have stuff to shoot at. Me too. First and foremost, I hope you find your shells. I think y'all have a fun time no matter what. Uh, we'll have a good time. There is no doubt yeah. about that. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to the and trip. We got a good time fun. on this week's show. Man, that is no lie. And this, I'll probably, Preface, I will say, one of my favorites. And I've said that before, but this truly, I mean, just I loved every second of this one. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a guy that you would, not just you, I mean, the listeners, you would absolutely love to sit by the campfire at camp for hours on end and just listen to him tell stories. Yeah, and I mean, stories about some giants in this sport we love that have come before us. Dwayne Bland, Wayne Bailey. I mean, he, he, there's plenty of other ones, but I'm not going to ruin it all. But it's just unbelievable. This guy, awesome stories. He's got an awesome book I'm reading. Yeah, Really good advice like on this episode, too, I, I think, which we haven't had as much of, you know, in our shows lately. I feel like and, and he offered some very good advice so i thought it was excellent and i'm probably gonna listen to this one again before turkey season gets here which is how long do we have well in my neck of the woods it's 127 days 10 hours 53 minutes and 47 seconds how about way up Ooh. there where you are 134 10 hours and 41 minutes i'm gonna Man. be hot on them Hey, when do you guys find out when your season is going to open and what kind of changes you may have to your bag limit again? It is online. It's that was done. Same. Okay. Nothing has happened. So they, they this, chickened out. They huh? extended the study like two more years or something. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I mean, uh, honestly, like going to be pretty ticked if they take more away from the residents and continue pumping money towards promoting non-residents to come here because i think uh let's take care of the residents first maybe take a book out of mississippi's look look at what they did and and do something along those lines but we'll see we'll see what happens i kind of figured you guys would have bumped the season back another week but do you think it didn't get done because of the study that's ongoing yeah okay. yeah they don't want to from what i can gather from these commission meetings the biologists don't want to skew the data right here at the end because they've gathered data for whatever it is, three, four years now. And then if you change the season dates or drop the bag limit dramatically, like four to two, they would expect that to skew the data and make it almost irrelevant to have it continue, I guess. So it makes some sense to me, I guess. 
they were comfortable with going from four to three because so few people killed four turkeys a year. But we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm not. I'm interested in what happens. I'm not too concerned about it. And I think we had a banner hatch this year, so maybe that'll help. Yeah. So we'll you know we'll see how it goes. I know we've been that new property we got is is getting manicured right now, and I think it's going to be. A safe haven for the wild gobbler. <laughs> Excellent. So, if they go extinct everywhere else, I think we should be able to keep a flock on it. I hope you do. Yeah. Uh, well, there, it, it's going to be good. We got, I don't know, forty or fifty acres cleared up of of anywhere from five to ten acre food plots. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be money. Very cool. Yeah. But what do you anyway, think we jump on into our interview with Larry Prophet. Let's hop in it, man, because I, I just can't tell y'all how much you're going to enjoy this one. It's, it's awesome. So let's hop in there. We'll see you guys on the other side. Listen up and enjoy sitting around listening to stories with Larry. Larry Prophet. Hey, Larry, Larry. Prophet. This is Andy yeah. Galliano and Cameron Weddington. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well today. Good. Good deal. Good Absolutely. So Cameron's tricked you into coming on the show with us and talking a little turkey, huh? Well, I'll tell you what, I just sat here thinking, I thought, they'll have to watch me because I get carried away. (laughs) (laughs) They get to talking turkey. I don't don't know that you're on the phone with the right two guys to watch your time. We're we're likely to get carried away with you. I like that. (laughs) I can tell I'm halfway through your book right now, Mr. Larry, and uh, I could immediately tell I thought you would take an interest in talking turkey with us. Well, tell you what, it's a it's an intriguing subject. One I just got back from pheasant hunting in South Dakota. One of the boys says, "I want to take up turkey hunting." I said, "Don't do it." He said, "Why?" I said, "It's addictive." <laughs> I said, "You get onto it and you can't let it alone. If you if you you want to learn, you try to find out what work some of the time. Old gobblers will make a man look like a fool. They'll permit you to make a fool out of yourself." Nothing to an old gobbler to stand there for 30 to 45 minutes and not move an eyeball. You're right about that. <laughs> I, I watched one do it for about 20 or 25 minutes. And after, oh, God, I guess probably that length of time, here comes an old house cat just trotting down the road. And I guarantee you he was just standing there watching that cat the whole time and he never moved an inch in fact i thought it was a decoy i thought another hunter was out there in that area and had set up a decoy in this road and then turned out it was not a decoy he finally turned his head about 10 minutes after that cat left they're they're a worthy adversary old gobblers are a totally different totally different animal than a bird of the year yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's for sure have you gotten out to fall hunt at all this year mr larry i've hunted we had 13 day season here in Tennessee. Normally, I used to go to I hunt eight states in the fall, but you know the condition of the turkey population. Most like New York, I'd open up in New York. They dropped the bag limit to one, and then they got open to see. They cut seas to two weeks, and I'm not going to drive to Cooperstown to kill one turkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I've. Never I could have killed Jake's, which is legal in Tennessee. Tennessee's gobbler's only now, and that's a good thing. Yeah. But I, I could have killed Jake's, and but that was on my farm. But, you know, 
I've got grandsons. Mm-hmm. And that'd be, I knew what, there was one old gobbler, but I wasn't going to shoot him. But it's, you know, it's a situation where it seems like now, most places I go, it's a lot like it was when I first started turkey hunting. If you heard one gobble, you'd had a A-plus day. Somebody mm, right. said, I saw them say, what county? And they'd say, Sullivan. I said, well, you knew where they were. It was on one mountain and, and where they'd stalked them. Mm. If it was Carter, you knew where that was. Most of it was on WMAs. Mm. Wow, that's it's interesting. A, it, that's kind of crazy to think about today. <laughs> it is as many turkeys as we've got today and of course we've we've seen the good old days in the 90s and the early 2000s right where you see big droves of turkeys mm. it's, it's amazing it's, it's akin to the quail population i'm afraid i know the grouse have disappeared and mm-hmm. i've got a grouse hunting but of course we we used to have lots of grouse here in these mountains in east tennessee but no more yeah. Anyway, it pays to be con- good conservationist, and the ones that pull the trigger can help a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did y'all have roughed grouse up there? Yeah, rough grouse. Okay. Yeah, we used to have them. I don't, I don't in, think I ever knew that. Yeah, our, our mountains here, are, you looked on a topo map, it's in, it contiguous with the, it's like 90 miles, but it's all in the same body same body of mountains as the smokies mm-hmm. yeah okay it goes up this i'm i'm sitting here in elizabeth and tennessee and it's about 1400 elevation well it goes up to 6200 in this county wow on the appalachian trail goes through this county wow i didn't know it got it up, up that high that's that's pretty crazy yeah yeah it does and did you say you, you, you used to hunt eight states in the fall? Yeah, I kill more turkeys in the fall than I did in the spring. <laughs> How many would I you hunt in the spring? I'd hunt 10 to 12 plus Mexico. But anyway, when I, I found out in 1994, I called up, cold called my first old gobbler to the gun, and I said, uh-oh, there's something to this. I quit deer hunting. I quit elk hunting. I didn't hunt nothing but turkeys, and I applied myself to finding out what these old-timers knew, what they did. A lot of them mm-hmm. wrote about fall. You know, there wasn't, we didn't have any fall season here in Tennessee, and I worried poor old Jack Murray to death. I said, well, put it on a draw. It's like in counties where there's plenty of plenty of turkeys, we could have a, we could put it on a draw basis, and eventually another year or so, that's what they did. Mm. And we got Tennessee, and then most counties, they they allow X number of turkeys to to be on draw, and then if there was leftover where people didn't take them all, well, you had to go to Nashville to the office to buy the X leftover tags. Huh. You can have up to, uh, you can have possess up to five tags, good for two turkeys, if there was that many left over. Right. So, Finding the turkeys is, was, you know, that's the thing. Anywhere you go, finding the turkeys. It's like in the spring. You can't call them if they're not in there. It's just like here in Carter County, Tennessee. You will not call up any elk because there's not any elk. <laughs> you go down in Campbell County, be a different story north of Knoxville. You've got mm-hmm. elk in Tennessee. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great sport. And you would go to Mexico every year in addition to your United States travels? Yes, sir. Wow. How many years did you do all? I mean, eight? You're looking at like 20 states a year and Mexico. Is that that about right? 
Yeah. That, that I'd say you have it was, pretty bad. Well, it's, I, I tell people it's a bad disease. <laughs> you, you got it real bad. Well, you know, you know the old turkeys, people have only had one ill effect. I was in Atlanta, and my, I was watching to make sure my gun went on the plane, and I said, oh, there it went. Here was one of those stewardesses behind me. Are you a hunter? I said, yeah. She said, do you eat what you kill? I said, sure do, unless it's a polecat. I said, <laughs> we, 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 eat what, we eat what we cook. We eat what we kill here in, in the mountains in Tennessee. Well, you ought to. I said, where's your step? I said, see that red and white cooler from Walmart going there? I said, that's full of turkey breast. And then a little while, she came back and apologized for being, you know, how they are, some of them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's the only time I've had any ill, ill feelings. For, right. For hunter. Yeah. You know, in your book, you talk a, a good bit about your quest to learn about fall gobbler hunting, and you know, you you did some things that, oh, I'm I'm not going to say are just terribly unusual, but I would say really kind of go a. I think in in today's hunter, what you did back then goes above and beyond, and that was, you know, you took the time to develop relationships with some of these old-time fall turkey hunters and, and to try to learn from them and invited them to go hunting with you. And, you know, there was one in particular, and I can't remember his name, but you, if I remember correctly, you said he still wasn't very forthcoming, even though you'd hunted with him a few times. He still wouldn't, wouldn't share a whole lot of information with you. But We went to hunt. We went, I wanted to learn. I'd read, I'm a consummate reader. People, guy asked me one time from Southern Living, do you read much? I said, I consume books. I said, that's the information that people's give you. You won't find on a video. Mm-hmm. So I read Wayne Bailey's book. The only place I could find books is when it's advertised in the back of Turkey Call magazine. Right. Now I'd order and so I got Wayne Bailey's and he talked about the wing bone. And he, he talked about Dwayne Bland. So I called him one day and I asked him if he would be willing to talk to me a little bit and, and show me a little bit of his technique on calling and especially the little light cluck that he talked about he made on a snuff can. He said, Yeah, he lives about he lived about five hours from me north of Greensboro, North Carolina, so I went over and took another young buddy with me, and we talked to him. This was in 94. And he said, if you really want to learn the trumpet call, he said, you need to talk to Dwayne Bland of Oklahoma. He said, he's the best I've ever heard. And he said, he's killing machine on turkeys. I said, well, I thought, well, that sounds good and bad. (laughs) So... I did. I was anxious to find out, so I called him and talked to him and tried to get him to call some on the phone. He said, "No, I don't do that." I thought, "Okay." So we talked, and and back then we wrote letters. There wasn't no text or anything. You wrote letters or talked to somebody on the telephone. So he and I—he's a writer. He'd, he'd write, and I'd write him back. I kept all his letters. I wanted to learn that trumpet. So he said, well, I said, I'd pay you to come hunt 
in the in the fall. He said, to tell you what we'll do, he said, we'll swap hunt. He said, you come out here and hunt with me in Oklahoma on my lease in the fall when I get done with clients. He says, then I'll come back there and hunt with you in the Virginias. I said, okay, that sounds good. So I went out there first time, and he didn't. He wouldn't put a trumpet in his mouth. He used a, a slate call, and he was, it was so unusual how he used it. It was an Ike Ashby call, and it had a, like a the striker was like a one of those little Lynch jet slates. And he'd go mm-hmm. right, big circle around, bigger than a bigger than a silver dollar. And at a distance, it's saying, so anyway, he got down in and stirred up some turkeys, and I heard some of them, and I called them up the mouth, call and kill one. And it was a hen. Of course, it was either sex. And then it was like the third year of hunting with him that he said, I guess you thought I was off the standoffish to start with. He said, but you got to keep people at a long arm's length till you see what they'll do and what they won't do. I said, you sound like us Tennessee mountain people. <laughs> I said, anyway, so the next morning we got up and we got his, he's come on riding my truck. He had an F-150, and we went up, rode out to this place. We got out, and it was almost daylight, and he took, he had Ralph Permar's trumpets around his neck. I thought, oh, boy. He walked off, we walked, he said, this be real quiet now. We walked off down in this draw, and he went, bonk-wee-wee-bonk, And I thought, well, I know that's some kind of key, key to me, but I never heard something like that. <laughs> So we kept going and kept going, and I mean, it got near dinner time. He, that's all he'd do. And so we went back to the truck, and it was cold and the wind's blowing. He pointed out. He said, "See that pumper through the distance?" I said, "What's a pumper?" He said, "That's the thing where they pump the oil." I said, "Oh yeah." He said, "That white white thing." He said, "We'll be we'll end up somewhere just just this side of that this evening." Off we went after we ate our sandwich, as he called it, and some water. And we'd go off in the draw. He didn't hear anything. He just, another couple of bonk. Well, we was keeping going. It was about 3.30. We was going down this draw, and the leaves were real dry. And walking, you could just like, you know, it sounds like a horse walking in the woods, two, two men. Mm-hmm. And I heard it. I heard a cluck. Well, his hearing then was about like mine is now. I said, I heard a cluck. He said, where? I said, I pointed where it was. He didn't say nothing. He just started going in a determined direction. We got down to open that little drawing. There was a little green, a little spot of green field. It wasn't, it wasn't over 20, 20 yards square. We crossed there and he got up under, he got up under a big old, it's like a cedar tree. And he went, bonk. Ow, ow. The, the ground shook with gobblers, and I thought, I ain't believing this. Here come a whole drove of gobblers and jakes running out. Shoot you one, shoot you one. I said, I'll kill a dozen. He says, I said, kill you one now. Boom. <laughs> and he shot him one. <laughs> so anyway, I I knew I'd seen him do that, but he didn't do he didn't do anything. He just sounded like a turkey. He didn't do anything strange. But I didn't know till about a year before last what he was doing. I was, when I ride on his ride, I drive to Florida twice a year, and I used to go to 
to Cooperstown twice a year. And I listen to Lubbock's, Lubbock Williams' tapes or CDs on the way there and all the way back of real turkeys. Mm-hmm. And I was on the road just a Cadillac and along, and I heard, and Lubbock said, listen to this characteristic Jake Key Run. And it was a, one yelp, bonk, bonk, wee, wee, bonk. And I thought, that old son of a gun. That's exactly what he was doing. And I know that he didn't have any tapes or videos or anything. He learned that from the turkeys themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's what he was running, a real Jake Key Run. I didn't realize there was such a thing. But, there, you know, you've always got something to learn if you apply yourself and Sometimes it makes a big difference because you go into a place where there's where there's a lot of turkeys or where there's no turkeys and there's a lot of hunters. I was in South Carolina and Mr. Bobby says, I said, now, has anybody killed anything on the lease? He says, well, he said, now, John Doe said he, he carried Mr. So, uh, hunter, his hunter, out to the next to where the Germans are and says, he heard them, but they couldn't get them to come to me. They went over onto this other piece of property. I said, what kind of call did he use? Oh, he's known as the best man on a glass call in this country. And I thought, if don't use a glass call. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime anybody's been hunting, I go to a trumpet because they've not heard that hen. Right. It's not a, ma- it's not a magic thing. It's just another hen. But anyway... That's another deal where a turkey let me make a fool out of myself. Then I, I made a fool out of him. I come, come went back over there another place close to where it was and made me a good hide. And he come along about, about 1230. I heard them crows back to my right. I got my gun up, didn't say a word, didn't, didn't call nothing. Here he comes, about 18 steps, boom. I thought, take that, now we'll eat you. Oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. So, that the bonk, as you talked about here and and mentioned in your book several times, is that your best way to describe that? Is that just the first note, the only note of the yelp? It's the only, it's a, this old man wrote a book in 1962, uh, Turkey Hunting or the Turkey Hunting Man or something. He lived in Lexington, Virginia, and he described that call exactly. He said, well, Wingbone Criers wanted to talk, talk the call to me. And he, he says, it sounds like half cluck and half yelp. It sounds like a yelp, sounds like a cluck with a yelp in it. Hmm. And it says like, bonk. So... He'd written a book about it, and I got his. I got the book and read it. It was advertised in Turkey Call. I read the book and I called him. He was from Texarkana, Arkansas, and I talked to him. And he was he was about in his about eighty then. And uh, so over over the time, we made friends. And I I wrote in the book about trying. I tried everything that I could get to make that sound, and I had. I li- he li- he listened on the phone. I used every wing bone I had, and everybody's got a sack full of wing bones they've made or had bought from people. And I had one call that was Wayne Bailey made me, and he said, "Now that sounds more like it than anything." Well, that's the call I took, 
and I saw, I was going to my place in the mountains, and I saw two big gobblers. Now, this was in July. They were going up through there, and it was on the eyes off on Wednesday. And I said, now, I'll see you boys come Friday. I'm off Friday morning. So I went up. I, I practiced that sound. He goes, boom. And I got up there, and I, I wasn't co- confident of it at all because I, I'd read about it. But I, it broke daylight. And I knew they had to be. I was on top of this big ridge, and there was three or four big ridges went off from the top, like you see in the Appalachians. Mm-hmm. So I gobbled nothing. I used a gobble shaker, nothing. I used a bitty bass box, nothing. Bonk. Didn't do any, didn't hear anything. And I thought, what have I got to lose? I took that wing bone, I went bonk, and way down to the bottom of the right hand holler, here comes bonk back. And I thought, oh, shucks, and a bunch of other things. <laughs> Had my camera, one of them little Olympus where you push, pull the thing open, and it, and the, oh, yeah, the I lens remember those. shooting out. And so I, next thing I heard, I heard another, you know, you know, about halfway up that big ridge. Now, you talk about getting nervous. I had that camera up there. I thought if it's come up right now, I took a picture, it'd be a blur. <laughs> I had that thing run out, and they here they come in a few minutes. They didn't say anything else. But in the meantime, it had been more than 10 minutes, so my little camera closed up on its own. I didn't know it. I looked through it. Our big gobber stuck his big red head up right in my face, and I pushed the button. Nothing happened. I thought I'll smash this thing, and then I I pushed it, and it come off, and that and ran off. And then here come another one. He ran by, and then he stuck his head up, and I took his picture, and he took off flying. Well, I shot another picture, and I've got him in the wing. A picture of him's in the book that yeah. I caught him flying away. So from that time on, we started, I started hunting. West Virginia had a, like a 10-day season. I'd go to West Virginia and hunt before I hunted in Virginia. Tennessee didn't have no turkey, fall turkey season then. I'd hunt Virginia. I, it takes me an hour and a half to go where I want to, and I talked to a lot of the game wardens, found out where there was some turkeys on government land, and I went to this place. It took me an hour and a half to drive it, another 35, 45 minutes to walk in going to be there for daylight and i'd be the first one to come out and at daylight i heard the awful shooting it sounded like a civil war started again boom boom <laughs> shotguns everywhere and i thought what in the world are they doing they going rabbit hunting or something it was the last saturday in october which is also the opening day for grouse season uh-huh. you've, got all, you've got all them grouse dogs all them shit britney's bird dogs and they also would scatter the turkeys. And I always went up there and I'd kill me a turkey because they'd be broke up. Mm-hmm. And there's one big drove come up through there and I missed them. I shot an old Browning three inch Magnum, 32 inch barrel, weighed nine and three quarter pound. Jeez. But that's without the shells in it. And mm-hmm. that's why I bought a Super Eagle when they come out in 95. But anyway, it was a lot lighter and had the same sight pattern. Anyway, the turkey, I missed them. They all went away. I made me a good hide up in a tree beside against a tree inside of a big pile of laurel. It made me a shooting thing where I could see out. One of them started keying in. She just started frantically yelping. And 
cutting. Well, I did the same thing back to her, and I this went on for ten minutes. All of a sudden, poof, 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 went up in the tree right beside me, and she was sitting there, sticking her head out, looking down right at me, sticking her head way up. I thought, hmm, hmm. She stuck that out, and again, I went boom. <laughs> this, this was like the middle of the day. She wasn't on the roost. She was. I think she said, look, when they're, I don't care where they are, for flying, jumping, or what, there's a lot of states got laws. If they're in the air or something, you can't, I think Kansas, you can't shoot one if it's flying. But I've mm. killed a lot of them when you shoot trap and skeet, especially trap. When they when they run off, they start to run off, you can get some good clean head and neck shots. But I don't. I try not to take no kind of worst feeling in the world is to wound a big bird. Or any kind of any kind of animal, right? Mm-hmm. It happens, but you get older, you, you say, "Well, I'm that starved to death. I'll go buy me a butter ball." That's right. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm not. I don't. I don't shoot no jakes. That comes next year, and grandboys will like that. <laughs> Two of them twenty, and one of them's eight. Just turned eighteen. Awesome. So if they like the woods. Wouldn't let him oh. go. I said, "You not go turkey hunting till you can handle a twenty gauge like a man." I said, "This, these little children sitting in a tent with that grandpa or daddy sitting there, and they say, now pull the trigger.' They ain't done nothing. That's you know, you want to get them more that they can start them hunting, and they can't hit him what they're shooting at. You know, it's of course there's a lot of places where there's a whole lot of turkeys, but here you." have to hunt for them mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm sorry i get so carried away man <laughs> yeah. you don't need to apologize if awesome. we if we have a guest on this show to talk turkeys and they are on the show and don't talk well it's a very brief and boring interview and i can tell you this one's not not boring and i don't want it to be brief so <laughs> i'm enjoying the heck out of this and i, I gotta tell you larry so I met you, and I don't know, you probably don't remember me because I didn't spend but about, I'll shoot maybe 10 minutes with you, but I met you at Unicoi two years ago, and I came over there and sat down with you at the table. You were selling books, and I, I had a microphone with me and asked you a few questions, and we talked I about... I remember that. Okay, we talked about how people could find your book and that kind of stuff, and then the next year, no, it wasn't. It was the same year. You did a seminar, and I... I sat in that seminar with you, and after about five minutes, I looked over at my buddy that was there, and I said, I could sit here and listen to that man tell stories all day long. So I'm getting getting that wish now. So I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store. So you just just have at it. That's all I'm going to tell you. (laughs) You know, old Wing Bone Cryer, I learned that from that call from him. But it's worth it. Now, my, my grandsons, both of them, all three of them, I made them go out to the farm. It took one of them 75 rounds before he started. And they've been shooting since this little fella, shooting BBs. Mm-hmm. And I made them, these little old pines grow up here. And I said, now, the way I do every year, I go up here and I, write, I shoot 50 or 60 times. If you hit, if you aim and hit right in the middle, I said, they'll fall over. I said, until you get them to fall over, you're not one shot you're not done finally after about 60 rounds casey just started grinning he started falling be like that <laughs> so i took him and his daddy spring hunting and i 
called a big gobbler up and it popped up right in his face and about 12, 10 or 12 steps and he missed it. And I said, it's not the end of the world. I said, I was Miss Florida. And the people say that they don't miss turkeys. Or I say they kind of loose with the truth. That's right. I said, oh, I said, the turkeys is hard to think you got them, but there's a lot of things can happen between that time you pull the trigger or try when you side him in. So anyway, Chuck says, that's his daddy, says, I think I heard that crash. I said, well, we'll go hunting. I said, you, you and Casey go down the middle of the holler, and I'll go down the side. So we got over there, and he got in the middle of the holler, and all of a sudden, I started hearing a bunch of Jake popping and clucking, and all of a sudden, Casey's up. He had her up at Port Arms, and all of a sudden, he throwed up, boom. That's all it took. He had, his, he had him a Jake. I was tickled to death. Well, his brother, Matthew, was 14. This was in 2016. And we took him, went in the fall hunt out at the farm. We went to one side, and there wasn't no kind of scratching or nothing. And I went back. I knew this scratching on behind, behind the barn where the cattle had been. And I got one of them little electric buggies. And we rode it up the top of the ridges and got out and started walking on. All of a sudden, I saw Fran, fresh, new, scratching. I said, uh-oh, boys. I was whispering in. I said, they're close. I said, anything's legal now, Matthew. If it's got feathers on it, you shoot it. <laughs> but head or neck, we got up there on top of the ridge, and I got him set up behind against a big old oak tree. And I started calling like hen. I called some, called some, nothing in that. I said, they're gobblers. How do you know, Grandpa? I said, they're not answering that hen call. And I, so I went, ow, like a Jake with my mouth called, and then lay that old Jake Calkin in behind it. Now, a lot of people don't know it, but that's one of the, that is a deadly thing in the fall of the year. I don't know why. Well, it's a dominance thing, but they sure will come to check out a bunch of Jakes. But I, mm. I just make abbreviated gobble because you never know some fool will be out there trying to try to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they won't for one gobble in that Jake Calkin in behind because they know it. They go, of course, just falling away. And all of a sudden, down below that, off in that big holler in front of us, bonk. I went, and bonk. Come again. I said, okay, Matthew, them gobblers, you get your gun up here on your knee. And all of a sudden, here come two long beards. He ran up there, and I said, go ahead. And he shot, missed one that went running off straight straight away. I said, shoot again, Matthew, and he rolled him at 44 steps. Nice. And we took pictures and everything. He says, what you and my daddy walking around laughing and giggling about? I said, listen, son, when you call and kill an adult gobbler in the fall of the year, when you cold call him, you can say you're a turkey hunter. You've seen what to do now. All you have to do, I said, now, when you... When you do that yourself, you can say that you put a turkey tone, turkey cutter on his tombstone, like D.D. Adams did. <laughs> oh, but anyway, it's a it's a good sport. These people, everybody's got something. If a man's just willing to listen, I've got a doctor friend said his daddy was a doctor. He says my daddy told me as a doctor to a patient. If the doctor will take his time and listen, the patient ninety times out of a hundred will tell him what tell the doctor what's the matter with him. Instead of trying to 
fit the symptoms into a certain thing, just sit, sit and listen and let them touch, see them what's the matter with them. And that's, a, that's the same way with turkey hunting or anything else you want to. I took, I took smallmouth fever one time before I started turkey hunting. And when I got out of college, and Billy Westmoreland from Middle Tennessee, Salina, Tennessee, wrote a book, Them Old Brown Fish. He had he had a good method, and it worked. But he, nothing like a big salamander on, on, a, on a big long point. But anyway, these people out there, that's, and these people that's died, that's took the information with them. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne, he told me this stuff. He showed me a, I'll tell you one more hunt. I won't bore you with this one now. They he said, we put out there one, one fall, and he said, now you got your sandwich, you got your water bottle? I said, yeah. He said, we'll stand all day. He said, but now we're going to leave about 5 or 5.30. I believe in letting turkeys go to roost without bothering them. I said, I'm with you, buddy. And we drove out there. We got out and walked, walked, and it was flat, and then passed by this big old, big old water, watering trough with a windmill where the cows drunk and we walked off and sat down and he had a, a great old big these big juniper trees they looked like a big giant cedar tree without a trunk mm-hmm. and he he cut out a big hole back in the side of one of them things and laid all the brush in front of him and he whispered and told me he says now i had four clients in here last week and said i come back and checked on them at 10 30 and said where's the turkey he said well you know we was a talking and they come a walking around there and said they heard us and run off and says, "Can you call them back for us?" He said, "Not hardly. They done, he done scared them to death." <laughs> now, we, dark and I kept hearing something hit the ground. And I thought, oh. yeah, "I mean, it's, it sounded like you was dropping something big as a tangerine, pop, pop." pop. It said like it was a raining something. And I said, "What in the world is that?" He said, "Post oak acorns." He said, now, them turkeys will be here sometime today. We'll be here waiting on them when they get here. About 10.30, I heard them up under that tree scratching, and they was hens talking. Well, they got to talking back to me. And I was talking to them from mouth call, and they was aggressively talking to me. And I, But they wouldn't come. And Dwayne, he got all excited. He didn't have a call with him. He didn't have a gun or nothing. Give me that blankety-blank box of yours, and I'll call them blankety-blanks down here. You can shoot us one. I thought, sure you will. I, I, got the, I got the old box out, and I gave it to him, and he started he started just kind of whacking at it. It sounded like, and them turkeys started answering him. And I thought, I ain't believing this. <laughs> and he kept on, he kept on just went, 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 went. He told me this grin. A few minutes, here they come out, a whole drove of hens and one Jake. The Jake was the last one. He said, shoot, you want to shoot, you want. The last one that went back through was the Jake, and I killed him. He said, now tell me you planned it that way. La, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he wouldn't let me board him. He wouldn't let nobody record him that I know of. But anyway, that night I said, now, Dwayne, I noticed something a little different. And I said, now, do you stroke a turkey, stroke a box to yelp with her? Do you hit it? He says, why, any fool knows you hit a box to yelp with it. I said, okay. <laughs> I didn't question him. I just wrote down it. <laughs> if he's killing birds with it, how can you argue? 
hey, the results speak for themselves. Well, mm-hmm. I started doing the same thing, and I thought, I ain't believing this. It's just like a... And then he told I said, now, I finally got him one time. We was in Texas one spring. And he said, I said, now, what do you say to to them turkeys? I noticed he would he would run a trumpet with it nearly all the way open. And most people muffles it way down. And he'd run it with it nearly all the way open. He said, I said, what do you say to them off the roost? He says, I'll make a few little clucks like this. He says, I'll make two yelps, and then I'll get real excited. And he 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 clucked two or three times and yelped a couple of times, and then he went into two or three cackles. With that trumpet, he said, they can't stand that. I said, I wrote that down, too. So, you know, when you when you get the old master's lesson, and when you find a book, you're reading books, Everybody, and, and if you listen to the people that kills turkeys in your area, if they're willing to talk, be willing to listen. Wayne says, now, keep it to yourself. Let them learn on their own, just like we had to. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a long time. And then old Wayne Bone Cryer said, I decided to be real quiet to it, but I decided I wasn't going to take it to the grave with me. I was going to try to share it with people. And I said, That's, and after I took that to heart, and so... I don't care to tell them what I've learned because I've got an appointment. We've all, all God's children got an appointment. That time, I'm, I've got a birthday next day after Thanksgiving. I'll be 78. So, you know, the time is, is less left than it was before. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm in good physical shape as far as I know. But, you know, days are coming. So I'm on. I've got told Norma, I says, I'm going to start writing on the other when it starts snowing. I said, she said, you got stuff to tell? I said, yeah. I said, stuff, it's all in my journal. But when you find out something, and I tell, I encourage people to take them a piece of even a, any kind of loose leaf binder and, a, and pencil and paper. And it's not necessary to write down what you use, but it's necessary to write down what what you learn about shooting, what you learn about calls, what works and what don't work, mm-hmm. what the turkey is like, and then that'll become your best source because it's for the for your own particular way of doing things. Because everybody's got all they go to. Yeah. And, but yeah. It, well, it, that, that you know, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't gonna say nothing else. <laughs> I I was just gonna say you also, you know, you you talk in the book a good bit about recording yourself in the woods running turkey calls, and that's something that Cameron and I have talked about a little bit on the show. And you know, to me, you can run a call in your truck. You can run a call in your basement, in your little outbuilding or barn. You can run a call in your front yard, your backyard, whatever else. But until you're out in the woods and recording that call, whether it's 20, 30, 40 yards away from you, you don't really know how that call sounds. And you're one of the the few people that that even mention that. And I I just think that, you know, that's something that a lot of hunters need to be doing. Well, it's... It's time-consuming, but it's well worth the money. That's why I changed. I ended up changing to a true double mouth call, double frame. 
because it sounded most like a turkey. And then you, there's also some calls that really sound a lot different. And the recorder is the thing today. We've got, you can get a good one, one man call me wanted to know he talked to Lamar and Lamar told him to call me and asked about what kind of recorder was the best and I said the man is in our chapter his his voice teacher at church told him to buy an H2 recorder it's a, about $200 and it's a digital and mm-hmm. so I took that and a little recorder that Lovett told me to get a little Sony for cassettes and I took it out to the farm and I got about 60 steps away most any recorders aren't good for more than 20 to 30 yards maximum and I tell I talk I make me a list of what I'm going to use I've got two or three boxes of different kinds boat paddles different brands right different different kind of pot calls and stuff but what I found was when I got home, I didn't listen to nothing until I got to the house where I could sit down in my chair and concentrate. The, on the, the tape recorder, the cassette recorder, the only thing, sound it got was the sound of the motor running the cassette. It didn't get to pick up any sounds, any, any turkey sounds. Mm-hmm. Now, and that digital recorder picked up nearly all of them, but it was like a hum with a trumpet. It sounded just like a turkey at that distance, and it was fascinating to see how far that it carries. And you know what sounds like a turkey and what doesn't. Right. And also, in the summertime, is a good time to practice your calling. If you got turkeys, you got more. If you got several turkeys around, see if you can call them up and take their picture. Mm-hmm. That's that's good good practice and a good good thing and you you know another thing that's important I learned was calling hens I had a lone rider if I told you who it was you'd know him right off he was here for a, some kind of meeting and I had, took him hunting and to one of my for the turkeys I took him up there and we got in this big hay barn and the turkeys was roosted all, all over this side of this big ridge on the back but they was all right behind the barn and it started I stepped out there to use the bathroom and there's one gobble right behind me. And I thought, oh, shucks, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I jumped back in there and got back in there and sat down. I said, we're surrounded. And they started gobbling. And then it wasn't far away. And then the hens, they started up with talking and talking. Well, I yelped to them, and they yelped back. And the gobblers would gobble, and I'd talk to them at the mouth call. They liked it. I talked to them at the trumpet. They liked it. Well, then here it got some more, and the gobblers fly down. You can hear them all flying down. Every one of them down. Ow, calling. But they started going away. But the hens were still calling. I got out this little slate, little little bitty slate that Roger Parks makes. It's it's about it's got the one side of it straight because you can put your left thumb on it, and your sound chamber is your hand, and you just roll it up. It makes the quietest, most realistic little tree yelps, yum, 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 and little clucks, buck, First one I had, I tried it out in Kansas. If you got time, I'll tell you about that. But anyway, I started, them hens was a-talking, and I started calling to them with that little call. When one of them make a yelp, I'd yelp right back, two or three back to them, just little tree yelps, real quiet. Well, 
few minutes, sure, they, they got a little bit louder. The hens did. Then a few minutes, here come a hen walk right by in front of us. And then two or three more, and then five or six more, there's just a walking and a yipping, looking around. Yep, they'd still, the gobblers ain't saying nothing. The whole drove of hens went by, and then I looked down yonder, and yonder was three big long beards. Boom. But that, when nothing else won't work, you, you want they say they're hinned up. I say, that's good. What do you mean that's good? I said, if they're in hearing distance, that's good. You know what to give them. Give them a soft talk. And I was in, I throwed about this in the book. I was in, and this was 2007, the year I was trying that call out that Roger just made, that little tree, type, tree talker. Mm-hmm. And got out that morning, and there was turkeys gobbling everywhere, and it had been a big rain, and I tried to get across this creek, and I thought, well, there's a whole bunch of debris right here across where this fence is, and, it, and I started across there, and I got about out the middle, and I found out it was waist deep. I got fell off of that thing, and I said a few bad words, and come out of there, and I had to go back to the house and change clothes, come back, went to another farm, and killed a turkey. Then I went back over there about one o'clock, and I thought sun was a shining. There was a big gobbler following some hens. It went down the fence row. We had permission to hunt both sides. He wouldn't leave that hen. He didn't gobble or nothing. All he was doing was drumming. So I went down there, and there was a big old locust tree. It looked with a big cedars up around it, and I cut me a hole back in there where I was out of the sun, and I just decided to just to test that collar. And I I yelped, and I experimented with it, and I'd clean it with a little green pad. Yep, 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 a few minutes. It was about an hour. I looked back down, way down to the woods. I saw something red, and I said, what in the world is that? That must be a some kind of can from that flood. And then that, thing, that red thing started moving, and I looked, and I saw the fan. And the fan was pointing over towards my right. Well, I looked towards my right, and there come a hen. She was about 20 steps in front of the gobbler. I had to let her walk by, and I could have grabbed her with the feet till I could get a shot at that turkey. But she liked that little that little tree talker. Yeah. Honey Sneeds makes one. Uh, these all kind of people's making them now. Got that soft talk, but the, the secret is in the strikers. And... Mm-hmm. Anybody, you just have to experiment with your stroke and what it is. I don't believe anyone, any one of them's got a uh, clock on the market on the, making the, the call. But I know Rogers is good, and, yeah. and I use his stuff. He's got a good, he's got a gobbler, a gobbler slate that's big medicine. It's a D.D. Adams copy. It's different. Most people don't know, but now Richard, I mean. Roger experiments. Mm-hmm. He's the same way experimenting and seeing what's good and what works and what don't work. But there's a lot of good stuff out there, but a man's just got to practice. You can't wait till I've done started practicing whenever fall season's done and first first last December I'll start practicing hen calling. Mm-hmm. And a man needs at least twice a week needs to practice when it gets down within three months of the open season need to be practicing twice a day for about five minutes it'll so be here soon call, won't it won't be just a, just a short time Mm-hmm. that's for sure that tree talker call you're talking about is that 
another one of those calls with the little short striker on it, kind of like the jet slate striker. No, it's a okay. He makes he makes them out of cedar. Cedar strikers are they're about uh, they're they're a fat fat striker. I don't know what the ID is or the OD of the of the thing is, but you can look on internet and you can see it. And he he got he demonstrating some of that stuff, but you can see it. I think they're sixty bucks with he got a, he got a leather holder with them. Monty Sneed makes one too, and Pat Strasser makes a good one, and uh, Marlon Watkins makes one. But I've tried all of them, and I I do better, I guess. With I get more, I get better results out of Rogers in my hands. Now you know it depends on the person. Everybody's got his own his own stroke but yeah you can't go wrong but it's it's worth well worth the money i saw him one day he was out he came here he'd stay at the house and go to the he and his family and go to the race at bristol stay in my mother's house at the restaurant and and he, we'd go out to farm and all of a sudden i said we, we'd run calls out there about we sat about 25 yards away and i heard i said oh i heard turkey it went Little light yelps, and I'm a son of a gun. If all he was doing was using that little striker right out on the edge of that that gobbler call, mm-hmm. but it sounded so because it was only one one yelp, and then two or three little little light yelps afterwards. Sound just like a turkey. So it's not always what you're making, but it's the sequence you're making. And if you listen to the, listen to these tapes, real turkeys, most of these. Most things that you hear are from uh, trees, stuff with turkeys in the tree. Denny Gobbles is he's he's the man when it comes to get recording stuff. He don't he don't shoot them no more. He he records the sounds, and he's he's I uh, don't know if he's going to sell any recording in Lake Mirror or not, but I know he's got a lot of material. Yeah, and it's turkeys. Yeah. That's, uh, you, what, go ahead, Cameron. I was going to ask, you mentioned the Jake gobble a couple times. Did, do you do that with your voice, or do you use a diaphragm call for that? I've just used my voice on it, but I use, let me see if i got my, yeah, hold on just a second. I'm going to lay the phone down. Okay. All right. They like it. I like that too. I like it. Uh, it I'm, I'm glad that we're in different states because I'm afraid if you were close to me, I'd be over there in full strut. I got to turn my, put my safety back on. <laughs> that was good. It's it's November. I, you know, hearing the gobble right now just about does me in. I'm just so ready. Hey, Kenny, Kenny Morgan told me a secret. He said, Hunting fall gobblers. Yep, one said gobble one time. He he was the best I've ever heard in my life. And I judge in the in the nationals, grand nationals on goblin and Allen and lots of times in the most of the time in the the senior final prelims. But I've not heard nobody that could gobble. Even Mark 
you and Mark, my friend Mark Prudham, Kenny could he gobbled on his Morgan call. It was a it's a he's dead now. He got he had a Agent Orange cancer hmm. and he died a few years back. But he could gobble it would it, it would set the hair on your neck with that <laughs> tube call. He would he would say cow on into that thing and he would wet the end of his finger and stick it up in the and strum it. And it's I never have John John McDaniel's the closest to it I've ever started, ever heard. But Kenny's it had that roar it gets up close to you. Mm-hmm. And he goes cobbling it and that roar you can hear it, you can feel it in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Right at mm-hmm. he he had that roar at the end of it. That's what I've not seen it. The guys in the the gobbles. I mean, they got good gobbles. I'm not saying anything derogatory about them. I'm just saying the best I ever heard. And it sounded most like a turkey was, was Denny was, was besides Denny. Denny Gove was as good, but Kenny Morgan was, he was, he stood himself, boys. <laughs> but he said, all hunting gobble one time. Said an old man told him that. Well, when you get where the, you know, that's just something to put back in the back of your mind to remember. Y'all, you develop a you develop a routine that you go through on fall turkeys. First thing you got to do is find them. I don't care if it's spring or any time. You have to find the turkeys first. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to be in hearing distance. You can call them if it's a nice, quiet day. The wind's just barely going. It's on them special days. Seem like you can hear a mile. But on them days. You can, the calling is you can you can be steady and what turkey I killed in South Carolina heard him that morning he talked to me and he talked to the hens he didn't come till 20 minutes till four but I was sitting there waiting on him and I said hi <laughs> we ate oh, I love it well you know we're rounding the corner here on the on 2021 and one thing I look forward to in January every year is Unicoi. Can I count on seeing you there, good Lord willing? Amen. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, the guys that you mentioned, the call makers that you mentioned, you know, the ones that, that are are still with us, so many of them are going to be there. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's, they've got, like even Mike Lapp, he flies in from New York. These people comes there from all over the country, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's like the, the Nationals used to be. Spencer will be there, too, sitting with me, Jim Spencer and his wife, Jill Easton. He's got some books. I read his other his latest book, Bad Birds 2. I read it again a couple of weeks ago. But oh, you, you pick up a little something. You don't realize what all you pick up, but every little ever endeavor to go to mess with an old turkey, <laughs> he's a little bit. Something they'll let you stand there. They'll let you make a fool out of yourself. Most times it's calling when you ought to keep your mouth shut. Better than me. Yeah. When uh, when you fall turkey hunt for gobblers, it sounds like you mostly are calling them in without scaring them first. It sounds like you you don't try to bust them no, up. No, Lord, no. You scare them off. They run off old gobblers. I've never had good luck scaring them off. And I don't use a dog. I think that's, you know, it's legal. It's a dog thing. And I don't begrudge nobody doing anything that's legal, but I just, 
personally, it's more of a challenge to me to be able to know the turkey and find the turkey and and call him in. Flat cold calling. When you cold call, a gobbler. There's a friend of mine named Cameron Weddington. It's called a big gobbler here a while back. This front is fall, and I and I admire that. And you know that's that's applying yourself. That's that's good. Uh, well, but it. I'm I'm sure he can tell you better than I can, but I know that he spent quite a bit of time in the woods scouting and learning and, you know, figuring out what those birds were going to do. And I, I just don't see how it can do anything other than make you a better woodsman. Even if you don't, if you're not blessed enough to kill one, it's just going to make you a better woodsman. It makes you, it makes you a much more efficient hunter than you. You know, I told Wayne one time I was in Scott County, Virginia, and they was, I was calling to some, a mixed flock down below. I was on the roost, and they're right up behind me. Four, four, don't, don't, don't. And I, I froze, didn't say nothing. I sat there so long that a rough grouse walked across my left foot. And, and that ain't no lie. Got no reason to lie about a grouse. But it walked uh, and I finally, you know, I sat there and didn't look. And finally, I looked behind me. Of course, he was gone. I called Wayne that night and he said, he wouldn't have done that to me. And I thought, I almost laughed. <laughs> he said, but I, I, I wrote it down. I said, how's that? He said, I'd have took the time to build me a good blind. I said, I appreciate that. That's, that's And I've, not, I've never forgot them two words. I'll take, I took the time to build me a good blind. And he built natural blinds in the, in the woods, and he'd stay where the turkeys were. Time wasn't anything. You own turkey time. Yeah. Well, I we all know how that goes. Amen. Mr. Larry, I don't know if you know this, but I am Cameron Weddington off Facebook. I don't know that I told you that over text. <laughs> I know you are. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> but, I know. Larry, he's wanting a pat on the back. Yeah, no, that, him saying that was plenty of pat on the back for me, and I'd tell you. The, he done got one. That's the right. few fall gobblers I've been fortunate to get, I, I got to tell you, I almost I feel more of a sense of pride killing one then than I do in the spring. It's Sure. It's such a chess yeah. match and such a more rewarding experience and, and difficult when they're not proclaiming their presence from a half mile away all the way around you, you know. So it, it's just yeah, something I else. A bunch of fools running around playing turkey calls. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. That is, now, sir. I will, I will tell you one thing that's important, and that is learn there's a certain pitch in trumpets and learn to call on the trumpet when nothing else won't work the last year was a covid year i'm on a nine thousand acre lease cold cold country in wise county virginia and my contact over there john doe says well they don't let you hunt but the dinner time except the last two weeks you can hunt all day long so I wait till the last two weeks to go, and John Doe says, "Now I know that you this bridge that you like to hunt, and says they've been to tell you the truth. Everybody's out of work up here because of this COVID. 
and said, there's three young boys been in hunting, and they'll admit to killing three down on the lower end of where you've been hunting, but there's one they left with the old man. They couldn't kill him. And I said, well, I probably can't kill him either, but one will talk to him. I got out of the truck, and it was already daylight, and I started walking down through there. It was May the 4th. I started walking down that end of the side of that ridge, and it was it's straight off on both sides. I mean, you're walking down the spine of a ridge, and it looks, if you walked over the other side, you'd fall. You would, you'd, you'd go head over the hills. I was walking down through there, and all of a sudden, I heard something. Ow! I thought, oh, shucks. He heard me walking in them leaves. He wasn't 20 yards away. And I looked around, and but big old rocks where they took. They made that little gas line road that went down through there to service that gas line. And I got over against the big, big bush and I said, I took that trumpet, that Zach Farmer trumpet, and I went, <laughs> and that sucker went, he'd already was, his, he was already near at the bottom of the mountain. He roared. Then he double gobbled. I said, uh oh. I got back down there and I went on below there because they'll show up right where the sound was. And I thought, you sucker, you'll you'll come right up there on me just in a second. You'll periscope me. I had my gun up and I was laying back against this big boulder. I, all I did, I had that mouth call in. He, and all of a sudden, he wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, there he was. I clucked one time with that trump with that mouth call and he helicoptered out of there. He didn't. I didn't move. I didn't do nothing except went, Puck. and he went out there just like a, a haint, and he's still over there, I hope. <laughs> Mouth call scared him off, huh? Mouth call scared him off. You know, them boys that wore him out, anything you can get at Walmart, don't use it. <laughs> like a fool, he let me make a fool out of myself. I, I done knew I wasn't going to use nothing but a trumpet, but there he was right in front of me, and I thought, surely, just one little one little cluck. He one little cluck. He went out of there like a helicopter, throwing leaves and everything. Boom, 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 boom. Straight up. He wasn't 15 steps from me. <laughs> Man. And he looked over and he said, that ain't no turkey. Oh, way with that and trumpets. The, the the pitch. Some of them's really good. Now you get the Unicoi, you Mark Prudum and Pat, Patrick's one of the best I ever heard on them one. But sometimes the best sound in the world is, is you look at it and you say, Well that's just a fire fire sound but whatever kills the turkey's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. It, it's, all things sound just like a turkey, but a certain sounds you've heard. There's a lot of people you hear, you know, they kill a lot of turkeys, and you hear them call, and you think, well, that don't really sound a whole lot like a turkey, but the gobblers like it, and I don't care what what it, what it sounds like if a turkey's like it, but yeah. high-pitched, high-pitched on trumpet call, you, you cackle and cut on a trumpet, they can hear it for a mile. Yeah, yeah, trumpet carries unbelievable. I don't even really understand why, but it carries at an unbelievable rate. I don't know the physics either. I don't know. I don't know why, but they can hear it a long ways. Mm-hmm. When you somebody take- go ahead, Kelly Bice has got a good trumpet. So is Ralph Permar, and of course Billy. He's quit taking orders now. He called me. We talked a long time the other night. He said, "I quit taking orders." He said, "It's it's drove me crazy." Said everybody wants one of this and that. And the other said I'm gonna do like back the way I did do it. 
I'm going to take no more orders. And he said, well, that was last week he called me, the week before last. And so he said, I'm just going to have my inventory, and if they want to buy something I got, that's good. Mm-hmm. He said, he's driving crazy. He's got a bunch of Agent Orange and problems, too. Mm-hmm. That I stuff, didn't know that. That stuff was bad stuff. Yeah, boy. When you good. use your trumpet call, do you pull the air from, like, deep in your stomach to blow on it or to to pull on it? No, I, I told somebody the other day, and he said, that helped me immensely. I told him, I said, don't suck on it. Just use the air that's in your mouth, just like me talking. I'm, a, I'm breathing through my nose. When we talk, we're breathing through our nose. You remember looking at a, somebody playing a flute. The sound keeps it going, but they're blowing air out, and they're, they're doing it. And some things you suck on, like a you blow on the trumpet, but you use the air that's in your mouth. And you can, I can sit and yelp a hundred times without stopping. It comes from the Zach Farmer method. Hmm. And the thing that's unique about Zach is the method that he uses. He's got a unique type trumpet, but I've watched him do it with a wing bone, with a single wing bone, do the same thing. With a single, single hen bone. Do the same, same, but it's like you can sit here and you say the words keek, K K double E K. That trumpet is magnifying this sound right here. You can make that squealing noise, and it makes a high part of a yell. Yeah, I'm just using the air that's in my mouth. I'm actually breathing through my nose, and I don't know it. But... Huh. That's really helpful. Hello? Do I still have you guys? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Did we lose Larry? Yeah. Ah. Wait. Wait. You were talking, and it got quiet, and it, it just... <laughs> was quiet quiet well, finally, finally we figured we better no telling what i did to it well we got you back that's what's important and in the meantime good. cameron's got his his trumpet call good, good. i jumped up and ran and got my trumpet call immediately i was like that sounded like good advice to me he wants yes, you to sir. run it for him play it uh, i'm nervous now it's in this the man safe. judges the competition my hunting calls i keep in the gun safe it's spot for him No trumpet guy, but that's my best rendition. That's good. That's all think, you need. You know, all you need to kill turkey is be able to do it. Practice, practice, practice everything you do. Yeah, I need to put this in my car. I wanna. I gotta practice more with it. That's my my time to practice is to and from work or to the gym or anytime I'm in the car alone. Yeah, and and listen to love its tapes. I mean, oh, yeah. CDs. Girls Those are gold. CDs. Tell anybody she only has to do is look up real turkeys on the internet, and she's his youngest daughter's carrying on selling them the some of the books that got left, and then all them CDs. Mm-hmm. All CDs good too, and it's it's the real stuff. Yeah, real turkeys. Yeah, you can't can't compete with the 
the real live audio of wild turkeys for sure. It's the truth. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you have on tap for this coming spring? You planning to get out of state any? I'll be hunting. Uh, I'll be hunting first. I'll be hunting Florida. Then I'll hunt South Carolina. Then I'll be back here. I've got an outdoor rider coming for the first round in Tennessee. And then I'll be going to hunt Virginia for a little bit. Then I'll go to South Dakota and Nebraska. Well, I'll hunt Mexico first. And about the 20th of April. And then I'll go to South Dakota and, and Nebraska and come back. And I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go back to the turkeys is coming back in New York. So I'll probably go up part of the last round Labor Day. I mean, not Labor Day, but Memorial Day. Yeah. Place to May. Yeah. In Mexico, do you hunt the goulds there, or are you hunting rios or oscillated? Oh, I don't hunt. I don't hunt nothing but the goulds. I love okay. it. Says you need to go down and kill kill you one of them oscillated. I said I ain't shooting no. He shoot no peacocks. He says, oh, and I, I got tickled. Boy, he blustered. His face got red. I, I got tickled up. I said, them tame peacocks. <laughs> I said, the little, little version of them. We've had a good life. But anyway, I like to shoot, I shoot the ghouls. That way it gives me enough for my royal slams. There you nice. Go. Do they have do they have limits? I have no idea how Mexico works. Do they have like a bag limit like we said? Do what now? In Mexico, is there a bag limit like the way the United States sets it? Oh, you can. You can, if the, if the outfitter's willing to charge you, you know, you get most places you go, you got a bag limit of one. Mm-hmm. But I got one guy now that's got a bag limit of two. Nice. I've been known, I've been known to pay them for two more birds. If they, in other words, they've got the the government down there. They'll look at X Y Z property and they'll say you can have a maximum of ten or fifteen or twenty tags. That's all the turkeys you can take out of here. Uh-huh. If they've got to buy them things for like $150 a shot from the government, and if they, and they if they don't take them, they don't take all of them. Next year they won't. They'll just whatever you buy. If you just buy ten, that's all they'll give you is ten the next year. So they've got if they don't have enough hunters, they got two or three tags left over. Why? What's coming? Why? I've been known to buy one or two extra. Depends on if they've got the extra tags, but you know, it's like going to Florida. Sometimes they've got a second bird for a trophy fee. That's the way they did at Fish Eaton Creek. Mm-hmm. But most time, I'll kill one or two. This guy's got a two bag limit for his for his hunt, so that's probably what I'll get this year. Yeah, I've got about all all the slams I want to get. I just want to kill turkeys now. I'm with you. <laughs> how Eight how birds. many grand slams do you have? I've got seventy three. No, I've got seventy four grand slams and and forty three royal slams. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you got it bad. Slams. <laughs> My friend Dick kept saying, "He said you'll never catch me. You'll never catch me." And I got tickled. But my buddy, he was a He's a fine, godly man, Dick Kirby. Mm-hmm. He's good. He came here in 92 and did a seminar for us here in uh, our chapter. We used to have a polling contest in a, one day, and then we'd have a banquet that night, the next night. 
we've started back our Tennessee state chapter, Tennessee state calling contest. So we've had, this has been like a fourth year now we've had it around in Nashville. So I'm glad that got started back. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've you've known some some big time turkey hunters, the names you've dropped on this episode. Dick Kirby and all these other guys. Well, they were they Dick was my he was my age and I bought a lot of calls off of him. He called, he tried to talk like a southern boy. I said, You can't fool me. I said, You're like your daddy. I said, you like me, you learned to talk from your daddy, and I learned to talk from my daddy and mama. I said, he had that real John Kennedy-type Yankee talk. <laughs> get tickled. He'd he get tickled at me. I said, I tell people on the phone, they can't understand me. I said, my grandchildren don't talk like this. I said, I learned to talk from my parents before there was any such thing as we had radio, but there wasn't no TV. You listen to, you know some of these things on the radio yeah those different times yeah and one woman she, woman in our church she was, she moved in here she and her husband from glens falls new york one day she called the drugstore and she says larry she says i've got we've got family in from glens falls and i'd like to come by and, and visit with you i said well what's the matter did somebody forget their medicine or something i said by law i can let you have enough for three days it's not a controlled substance it's a heart pill or blood pressure pill. No, no, everybody, we nothing's wrong. We just won't come by and visit. And I said, well, okay. She says, I want to hear somebody talk around here, and you've got the most heaviest accent we know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly how to talk that, Hayes. <laughs> take that as a compliment. That's how you take that. <laughs> no, I'm just an old Appalachian American. And nothing wrong with that. No, Amen. We can use a lot more of them in this country, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is a lot of the folks you've mentioned have written books on turkey hunting. You know, Dwayne Bland, I think he's got, was he had two or three books out there? And yeah. When you read Dwayne's books, you say, this guy is the real thing. Yeah. He, and Kenny Morgan's the same way. Oh, yeah. Kenny Morgan. That's I read that every year again. One man you game or the mongrel dogs? Yes, sir. The one game and the mongrel dogs both. I read both of them. Okay. He <laughs> he he emailed me the book to edit it on it. Well, he did it into a big book, pictures and everything. Oh, good. Yeah, I haven't gotten to read mongrel dogs yet. I've I read one man game and absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying your book as well. I'm halfway through it. It carried me through a hospital stay with my firstborn. I got to read it to hold me through. So I was really enjoying it. How's the baby? She is doing great. She's home now, fully healthy, 100%. So that's, that's all you can ask for. We prayed for her for months, and she turned out perfect. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's good Good news. Yeah, but it... It was nice we're sitting in that hospital and I'm half bored out of my mind to be able to dive into your book and get to go on a couple of turkey hunts with you. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate that. Larry, I got to tell you, I, I enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun and just always a pleasure talking to you. And I look forward to seeing you in January in Georgia and yeah. you know, hopefully I can catch up with you a little bit there as well. And yeah. tell us so that for the people listening that, 
haven't gotten a copy of your book, if they want to get one, tell them how they can get a copy of that. And I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to it. But would you autograph it for them before you send it off? Yeah, anybody that wants to order one by mail, I autograph it and put their name in it. And it's for John Doe. It'll be for this book for John Doe. And uh, then I send it out. It's I've had to get go to thirty dollars for the book. I bought another another round. That's made the fourth third printing, and it, it's not gone up as much as gasoline. But the shipping almost went up as gasoline. It's a small 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 bank loan to get a full tank of gas these days. It does. <laughs> anyway, I have to get thirty five. It cost me about twenty four. I got them. It's a hard, it costs a lot more for a hardback, and it costs more for for color. But mm-hmm. I didn't figure out who but one. But anyway, I do it that way the first time. But they can look on the back of Turkey Turkey Call magazine. They'll see a, somebody there advertising for Zach Palmer trumpets called Larry Prophet. Email Bergy Drugs Bergy Drugs at Earthlink dot net. And for Turkey people, my cell phone. Four two three two nine two one zero four four. Repeat four two three two nine two one zero four four. I'm people wish I was out in South Dakota. They said I said well I'm going to bed. They said going to bed this early. I said the turkeys is done pitched up. That's right. I said I'm going to bed, so I go to bed about nine thirty. But call me anytime. I'll be glad to fix them up and sell them one. I had one last night. Email. So, well, this time of year, that's a fantastic stocking stuffer or or a gift for dad or, you know, a favorite uncle, if my nephews are listening. It's got pictures in there, but I told anybody that they wanted to write, my friends, I said, "Uh, you write it and I'll print it verbatim. And I've got about 20 pages in there by Zach Farmer and... That's worth it. And then I got Lamar Williams, and there was a man here. He died of cancer. He's in the book there. His name's Harry Vines. He he is he he's a natural voice caller and a box caller. I say he he did kill out in Tennessee and North Carolina. North Carolina, you can hunt. It's only about forty-five minutes to North Carolina to the top of the mountain, and. I say, how many did you kill? He said, well, I killed out. I said, he said, but I hunt every day. I said, well, that says something right there. You go to the woods. And, That's right. But he was a, he's a great hunter and experimented all. Yeah. Well, I thank you. I Again, I appreciate your yeah. time and, and you sharing your stories and some tactics with us as well. And it's just a very enjoyable time for me, and I know all the listeners of the show are just going to enjoy it as much as Cameron and I have. So thank you. We appreciate it. We'd love to have you back on someday. And like I said, I look forward to seeing you here in about, gosh, about eight weeks in, in Unicoi. Yep, that's good. Well, man, it's been, it's been my joy, my pleasure. I appreciate you, man, a whole lot. Thank you, and happy early birthday to you as well. Yeah. Thank, thank and, you, man. Hope you have a blessed Christmas, and we'll see you soon. All right. See you, Larry. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. All right. Goodbye. All right, man. That was a good one. Yeah, I think I texted you while we were on the phone with him maybe five minutes in and said, this is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, the, because it is. I, I, towards the end of it, I was like, I got to figure out a way to drive to, to East Tennessee and, and just hang out with this guy for a day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what an awesome dude. And I don't know, like you know, you hear of certain people, Jeff Buds comes to mind, like you know they're just killing grand slams left and right. I, I didn't had no idea Larry Prophet had that many slams and royal slams under his belt. That, yeah. I mean, that is crazy. Yeah, that's, the, that's a bunch, for sure. That many ghouls? I mean, that's incredible. Oh, yeah. No doubt, man. So, and he's hunting them. I mean, he's just like Bud's, you know, he hunts them year-round. Like, this this isn't just a spring affair for him, obviously. He's he's fall, winter, spring. I'm sure he's somehow gotten one in the summer, you know. And yeah. and he just chases turkeys when he can. It's it's pretty pretty awesome. He's a legend in my book, and, and speaking of books— get his book if you don't have it listeners it's awesome i cannot recommend it enough it's a good read it is it's it's a little it's in letters to his grandsons that's the name of it so it's can be repetitive a a little bit but it's not like overly repetitive and honestly repeating is not a bad thing because drives the point home yes indeed so uh, (laughs) it's good to hear some things multiple times yeah no doubt yeah. Really enjoyed it, and I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as we did. Thought it was a great interview, and sounds like we got another really good interview coming up next week from what you told me. Yes, we do. It's going to be a good one. We'll get our old friend Mark Sharp on with us and talk All a little right. bit about what's going on at Unicoi this coming year. Sweet. So, yeah. 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 That's going to be awesome. I'm excited to hear what's happening at Unicoi. And, and you likely are believe... going to miss it again because of J-Dub. Yeah, we'll see, but it's it's going to be interesting. We'll see. I um, I got to tell you, man, I I haven't slept like at all. This this week has been insane. This child, eight pound tyrant that is in my house that I helped create, <laughs> has no mercy. <laughs> I mean, oh well, she is <laughs> one sweet looking baby in those pictures. Oh, yeah. God knew he needed to make her really cute because, oh, my gosh, <laughs> she can howl with the best of them. It is it is something else. So it's it's going. We're surviving. But my so I have a smartwatch that monitors my sleep to Garmin. And it said two nights ago, I got two minutes. Wow, that's <laughs> pretty sleep. solid. I was like, come on, watch like. Just zero me out. Like don't don't patronize me with I fell asleep for two minutes. <laughs> you know you had more than two minutes. It was like two and a half, maybe yeah. two and three quarters. I may have doubled what it said and gotten four minutes. You know, it might not have caught the front end. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wild. I, I I just like catch myself staring and like falling asleep with my eyes open during the day right now. I feel like I'm being hazed by a fraternity or something. It, it's pretty wild. Yeah, well. But hopefully hopefully I will make it to Unicoi. I really would love to. From what you've described, it sounds like the type of place I could find myself having a lot of enjoyment. I'm going to tell you, this is no joke. If you ever go one time, you will not miss it again. Mm. Don't tell Audrey that, because then we will never, ever go. Yeah, I won't <laughs> say that. I will never tell but, her that. But yeah, it's, I mean, for 
turkey fanatics like us, it is heaven on earth. Really? Yes. Yeah. I gotta get I gotta get there. I gotta do it, man. I wish it was Friday, Saturday, but it's it's Thursday, Friday. Is that no, right? No, it is a Friday, Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now we're cooking. I might I thought it was thir- no, that was the NWTF the last time they had it. It right. was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Which That's was right. Ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. But Friday, Saturday's more more plausible. We'll, we'll get all these details next week. Okay. Absolutely. Quit rambling about it. We're gonna talk Unicoi next week. Yeah. Gonna be a good one. So All right. What do you say we wrap, wrap this up. one up? Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and fan lots of turkeys. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.